Gideon, guys. I'm Johnny Hedgepath. And I'm Travis Washington. And this is the podcast where Travis and I break down every episode of DC's Legends of Tomorrow, my favorite show that's on the air right now. I needed to clarify that. And one of one that Travis is watching for the first time. <laughs> and as when I say it's my favorite show, it, that means on the air right now, you know? Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, I wouldn't say this is my favorite television program of all time. You know? oh. oh, that's Deep Space Nine. Come on. Is it? Okay. Oh, cheers. Yeah, I don't choose what. I did a a year or so ago. I did a sort of a rewatch of Cheers. Yeah, I got I got to um I got to Woody joining the cast, and then Mm -hmm. I just fell off and and, and, because I didn't even get to Kirstie Alley. That's a lot of seasons. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Who, by the way, Kirstie Alley? I always preferred Rebecca. Uh, of the two of the of yeah the of the, yeah 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 I always for sure. I thought she was funny and, and and even and and I think just uh the episodes got funnier on a yeah. more consistent basis uh it wasn't just her it was, it was a little bit of everything mm-hmm. and uh well the fleshing out of a bit more of the supporting cast and all that too but you know sure. now though you know everyone's on Twitter because Kirstie Alley's a nut yeah and, uh, yeah. everyone's she's posting yeah, they're posting. yeah, she's a Scientologist before too. Or oh, she, yeah. I guess she probably still is. So, them's the breaks, man. Once you, once you've gone that route, yeah. Adioskis. Oh, speaking of which, my my uh, my roommate's best buddy, who's all QAnon, you know, he's a conspiracy theory guy. Good guy. Um, well, anyway, any any conspiracy theory, he's he's willing to believe. It's, yeah. it's any of them. And uh, so, Mark told me that. Uh, he spoke to him the other day and was purposely trying to needle him about it to, to get him to talk about it now that the election's over and nothing right. happened. Right. And he said he just wouldn't talk about it. So it seems that he's been he's been uh, de-brainwashed on this one. Or but, just waiting for the next cue drop. They're just like, yeah. yeah, I'm sure they're all just like, whatever, just they'll find something else and they'll mm. cling to that and it's awful. And that's why I'm trying to teach. Uh, this is consider this an early promo for... Uh, my media literacy class for adults, <laughs> boomers and up. That's who. That's my. Uh, that's my demo, because I teach media literacy to teenagers, as you know, and and they get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? They they get. Oh yeah. You know they know. Don't trust stuff as much, or they can spot a Photoshop a mile away when oh, yeah. somebody like my dad would not have a shot with something like that. Look, all I know is last Saturday when it was called, I ate so many babies just. Mm. bowls of them mm. me and all my liberal mm. friends it yeah. was a party mm. <laughs> yeah all right so this episode of legends is um season two episode 13 land of the lost which of mm-hmm. course is a reference to the tv saturday morning the TV will ferrell oh, uh, vehicle that I, I never saw but i heard it was okay I, <laughs> no, I know like the old uh, it's not good. uh sid and marty croft right yes the sid and marty croft show i loved as a kid because yeah. i was a dinosaur kid yeah much like most young boys and i loved the show but i only wanted to see the dinosaurs so when it was like here's our time crystal and the slee stacks who were scary when i was a kid but they had all the sci-fi stuff in it. I'm just like, just fight some dinosaurs. I don't give a shit about all this other stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I never got got to see it. All of the Sid and Marty Crofts, not a single episode I ever got to see. Oh, I grew up. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up with all of nothing but Sid and Marty Croft stuff, man. Mm. HR puppet stuff. I think the next closest, closest thing I had was, it was like Sid and Marty Croft adjacent called the uh, the Great Space Coaster. That was around. I remember. 
I remember the Great Space Coast. I remember the song. Yes. On the Great Space Coast. Here we go. And yeah, they had the news with Gary Gnu. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah. I I can just remember images of it, right? That's so so far back. It was just one of those weird TV shows. And I was a kid when it was on. There was just something about the theme song that would come off. It just it didn't make me feel right. Really? So I weird. remember getting up, getting hyper because it was on at 6.30 in the morning and I, I was never allowed to get up that early unless mm-hmm. I went to bed early, but I was always a night owl. So it was a tough, I'd have to sneak out, sneak out to, to watch some of uh, the Great Space Coaster. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, here's the Netflix synopsis for this episode. Crashing millions of years in the past, the legends tangle with dinosaurs mm-hmm. while fighting evil versions of themselves inside Rip Hunter's twisted mind. Right, right. And there's another plot, at least, yeah, yes, yeah. They, they, uh, it's, I remember here for the first time. I, I, I remember a long time ago. This is back when I lived in Calgary, and we had a a, a mayor who's now passed on. Uh, but he was a he was a bigger dude, big roly poly dude. But we also hosted the Olympics, and uh, he 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 tried tested out the the luge track. I remember, and it was just like it was the first time I ever heard this this phrase when they were seeing him go down the things, it's like trying to fit a five pounds of Jello in a four pound bag. And that's that's kind of what I think this episode was. I mean, hey, yeah, I like Jello, but they really packed a lot in. Well, I've broken it down into the two major plot lines because yeah. instead of going on with all the back and forth, two, I feel like there's three. But anyways, there is. Yeah, there, there's. Well, let's. There's inside Rip's head. Yeah, dinosaurs and fucking. Yeah, well, fucking is a whole separate thing too, right? Okay. That, that's a whole plot. <laughs> Put them together. Yeah, and once again, uh, Dominic Purcell and Victor Garber, you know, doing their bonding thing we've talked about. Yeah, and their, and their shit mm-hmm. involves Jack. So yeah, it's a it's a lot in a bag. Mm-hmm. So it opens with the wave riders of the temporal zone. Sarah and Jack's waiting for Gideon to track the last piece because they got to find Commander Steele. Nate's worried about his grandfather because he's oh they could be doing anything to him. And this is one of those times where they actually do this. Sarah goes, "It's okay. This is a time shift. But as soon as we find out where it is, we'll go right there." And I love it. That should have been that's the mission. <laughs> like anytime you fuck up a mission, well, we could always just go back to the beginning. We could always just go back to, to 15 minutes ago when all of us, you know, when three of us didn't get decapitated in that mishap. But, but remember also, if there's any chance of them running into themselves, that's bad yeah, news. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. so Sarah and Jack should talk about what to do with Rip because he's not saying anything. So he's going to stay in the brig. And he's in the brig, all right. But as we saw in the cliffhanger, he's talking to Gideon. And she's calling him Mr. Hunter because he's not the captain anymore. Mm-hmm. And then he says, I guess, his code to take control of the ship, which I looked, yeah. I tried to look it up to see if there's <clears throat> any significance to this. But oh, it's you know. kind of like um, uh, AI. They, that's a, kind of how she turns on the... Uh, the david the Haley joel osmond like she says uh, like she says like seven or twelve i can't remember how many different words but it was very similar to that i'm sure it's related to okay. a like um like a personality test or something or, or psychological synapses and bleedy bloop that i don't fully understand but i'm I, I know i've heard like it's those kind of random types of things that uh those words create uh, some sort of reactions as it was a spaniel broad tricycle mm-hmm. 
and she calls him captain and the ship locks down and Sarah's asking what's going on and Gideon says I have no choice but to follow the captain's orders and Mick just goes women yeah <laughs> he did yeah, yeah I know did. I didn't like it <laughs> yeah although we'll find out later she is a woman and a lot and all women mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wowzers because mm-hmm. we meet Gideon in this episode and I just mm-hmm. have to say you know without getting all pervy or nothing like she is stunning yeah she's pretty she's oh pretty, i think pretty girl yeah i yeah she does it for me she's I a little so. older you know you know i like a little older so do i so do i yeah she's fine she's like like news anchor hot <laughs> oh I'd go I'd i like go, news anchors oh news anchors are fun i think i'd go more um let's see works in the office where james bond goes to get his shit all right you know all right she's in okay. she's in q's lab okay i can see you've already you had to, you were going through your fan fiction there anyways oh, a lot of it baby so <laughs> riffs in the armory and gideon tells the crew that he's heading for the jump ship ship so she sends mick to stop him and he's like oh you mean kill him right she's like, no killing and nate goes we'll go with him make sure he doesn't kill him and jacks yeah. reboot the ship Rip gets the medallion and he initiates Spectrum Protocol, which is mm-hmm. the water district. This episode f- felt very season one y to me because there was oh, really? a lot of, well, there's a lot of like you know the Spectrum Protocol and Time Master yeah. shit. You know, I was like, Oh yeah, oh that I mean, I still feel this still feels like a role for the most part. It's not a bad episode, I don't think. I just think uh, they tried to do too much in, in too short a time but that which i guess was a something that occurred in, in season one but i was, I was going to wonder is like spectrum protocol is that anything before you heard that never before? heard of it before yeah. never heard of it since uh it's like uh it's the 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 rules when um um using the the trough at the old philly spectrum when and when you're in the lineup to take a piss you got <laughs> you gotta get at least two dinks in between each <laughs> Spectrum protocol. Hey, hey, easy. Two dinks, two dinks, two dinks <laughs> difference. That reminds me. Um, I, if anyone hasn't seen it, I highly recommend it's the Bill Burr's cartoon, the F is for family. Yeah. And there's in season one where little Bill is that's that's him, obviously. Mm-hmm. His father brings him to a football game. This takes place in the early 70s, and he really has to piss, so he goes by himself, and it's a trough. And he's just standing there looking at all these dicks and pissing guys puking and he's having a panic attack at the trough. And I was like, I know what that feels like. Yeah, That yeah. freaked me out the first time. Um, it might have been the spectrum. Hmm. Uh, now that I think about it. Was it yeah, or, or Veteran Stadium, which is right next to the spectrum. Right, right, right. But I had to go to the bathroom. I'm like, wait, what? In front of everyone like this? Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is disgusting. <laughs> just those fumes, those wafts just going. It's just repugnant. They're so <laughs> gross. Ice. It's just full yes. of <laughs> ice. Yes. I mean, that makes it fun. <laughs> Trying to melt the ice. Teamwork. Teamwork. We can do this. Teamwork makes the dream Come work, on, guys. <laughs> Oh, it's like the old Carlin uh, gag where he's like when you're pissing in the urinal and there's cigarettes in it and you're, you're playing the game to, to break apart the cigarettes. He's like, Gross. no, a normal one, that's fine. But a Kent with a Micronite filter, well, it takes <laughs> six guys and a keg of beer. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, it's, it, I, wonder, I wonder if they still, yeah, they do. Uh, um, where did I see a trough? Oh, at the um, football stadium in Boulder. 
Yeah. Where the college oh, football yeah. team oh, plays. Yeah. yeah. It still passes code, man. Well, I wonder nowadays you probably won't see you won't see no, post COVID. I'm it's sadly the days of the piss trough are gone. You know, COVID has robbed us of all of our sacred That's traditions. A, all those like uh, anti mask there's are uh, bring back the piss troughs <laughs> holding signs. We want piss troughs. When do we want them now? Now we're like soon, really bad. We all want to go pee at once. It's a thing. <laughs> So Mick, Mick, Nate, and Amaya find Rip. Nate says, hey, put down the gun. We don't want to hurt you. And Mick's like, yeah, we do. And But Mick, he is a one-man skeet shooter. Yeah. Because he tosses the medallion and yeah, it was blasts, pretty cool. blasts it out of the air. That was pretty good. It was like, whoa, shock right at the beginning there. Yeah, I always wonder if I could have done that because I grew up skeet shooting. And I was, oh, really? quite, I was quite good. I was quite good. Yeah, clay pigeons, the whole nine yards. Yeah. Yeah, what are you using? What are you firing at him? A shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. And that's what me and my dad did to bond, buddy. Yeah. Go out and blow up clay pigeons. I see. You guys and your guns. Oh, please. Come on. (laughs) No, I've tried a shotgun. My dad had a 22, and I tried a shotgun once when I was a kid, and I just remember the uh, kickback scared the shit out of me. Well, that was the first time I ever fired one was my dad's 10 gauge, and that thing's a cannon. And I was 10. And I was just like shooting at a can, at a Coke can, like 20 feet away. Mm-hmm. And that thing, the kick on that hit my shoulder, felt like it broke my shoulder, knocked me out my yeah. ass back yeah. two feet. That's what I remember. Yeah. But then I got, you know, the 22, which is, was fine. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we weren't, we weren't gun people. My dad had, my dad, he did, he was a bird hunter. You know, that okay. was it. You know, he liked, we, we liked quail and pheasant and it was free. <laughs> He'd go get it, but. Right, right. That was about it. He he'd go deer hunting once a year. He didn't like it, mm-hmm. but because he'd be laid off during the winter, and we'd have you know a freezer full of meat. Nice. Oh man, yeah. I have a friend uh, who will make his venison stew every once in a while. Mm, it's Delicious. Yeah, it's so good. It's so lean. It's mm-hmm. Nice lean venison. Oh, nice lean on a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> A ba- was it a bacon lettuce and mutton sandwich the mutton's that's nice and lean. yes 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 <laughs> that's funny so jacks reboots the wave rider there's no navigation ray's like oh so we crash landing again <laughs> like yeah they have done that a few times mm-hmm. but the big crash is on the planet it's going through the snow and the trees and it looks pretty good for, for tv special effects i yep. thought yep Yep, I mean they, they they really picked and chose how to use their budget today. That's for sure. Oh boy, did they! Oh wait, we, so we're gonna talk about dark dark firestorm here. Yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, or yeah. um, uh, the dinosaur itself, right? I, I thought the dinosaur looked okay. Yeah, but they really just they they were didn't re, they, like they tried to do the jaws thing where they didn't reveal it till the end. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, yeah. They only have so much money to spend. That's what I mean. <laughs> so. And here comes Stein. He's yelling, hey, McRory's not supposed to pilot the ship. He's such an asshole. He's constantly, well, throughout this episode, he's just an asshole to Rory, like he is in every episode until finally he gets put in his place. Hmm. <laughs> constantly. But as it crashed, we did see, and I liked this attention to detail. During the huge crash, we for a split second, we see something fly off the ship. And that's the missing part. Right, right. I noticed. I remember when I saw it, like it comes right at camera. And like they may have really made a point. Are they just trying to show off? It's odd 
that that uh that a special effects in tv would try to show off their special effects because it didn't look awesome <laughs> so I, yeah. at, at the time was, i'm like up time i'm like okay there's probably something to that yeah but oh they, well, they do a little showing off of their special effects in this episode we'll get to it at least i think so you can you're the you're the professional you tell me yeah you know me and vfx man <laughs> yeah i know man so it's the primary temporal delineator see already a ton of this this science gobbledygook talk that right from season one and i'm a star trek fan I, <laughs> I think i'd be able to pronounce this this shit so ray decides he'll go find it because they're at the crustaceous period where ray was back in the beginning of the season when they time scattered so yeah they're so they're where Ray was because Gideon had it in her logs. That's how I like that. It. And it's the earliest one that there's a logic to that. That's pretty good. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. That, that's a little like, okay, we want to do this with Ray in the past. Yeah, so how are we going to get there? Yeah. 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 So they go off into the forest and then Nate and Maya goes with them and you know, something's going to happen because get those two in a forest. We know <laughs> what happens when those yeah, two, they are, forest. are all over each other. They just want to get on each other. That's the that's the arc of this. That's the way this this episode started with those two. Then over the course of 45 minutes, they evolved to really wanting to get on each other. <laughs> that's the uh-huh. end. Yeah. And let me tell you, I mean, Maisie Richardson Sellers, you know, she's a young, here. She's a young actress. We pointed out sometimes you've said a little, you know, gee, Mr. Doughy eyed, but. But mm-hmm. she puts on those, as we used to call them, the F me eyes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's still a little bit of cringe, but some of that's the dialogue, and they're forced yeah. to kind of get through it. Um, but, I've seen her yeah. eyes, man. Her eyes yeah. told this fucking story. I was like, <laughs> just like she, Jesus. The guy she, just went to go get an iguana. You're not just to give it a minute, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it only takes a minute to catch an I iguana. Know, it literally apparently. did only take a minute. <laughs> so Ray's being a chipper scout here, and uh. There's one point in this we're gonna get to that I, I, I typed on. I go, uh, Travis is so angry right now. <laughs> but, it wasn't as bad this time because it okay, wasn't. It was never up. at a point where it's like to the detriment of like the bigger picture. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's what I didn't like about last week's. So we're just gonna, like I said, we're gonna do the whole Nate Ray and Amaya in the in the forest uh, bit, bit here. Just okay, get this all out of the way now. Yeah. So Ray goes to get the gizmo. And Nate starts chatting up Amaya and a snake crawls on him and she charms it. He looks at her and he says, he says, it's not the only snake you're going to be charming. No, basically. <laughs> but I love, here he is. Here's your, again, here's your fucking just great actor making great choices. Just the way he reacts to this snake and the way he shakes it off afterwards. Like this is a, this guy, this is a guy who's got a real naturalism that, is oh god I, I'll, I've, I've said it a thousand times it's him and katie lots are my are the two mm-hmm. actors 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 that are really I, I see you know i see uh interesting careers for both of them after this mm, oh yeah or at least i'm i'm interested to see what happens with both of them mm, well it might be sooner than we think because dominic purcell you know who plays mick yeah i didn't see it he put something on his instagram that sort of insinuated that this next season might be it and then he took yeah. down he, then he took down the post yeah so but i mean th- but that would be what six seasons six that's six ain't that's, bad yeah, not bad at all no it wouldn't be bad for a show that people were predicting was gonna be canceled after one exactly so. and because the ratings aren't super great and the cw apparently has a new guy who you know wants to 
Sure. Get some ratings. You know, getting to, he's getting to a battle with Berlanti, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but we want some bigger ratings. And, uh, but the thing is, the show would be a good name for the uh, CW. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, softball team, the Batlin Berlantis. Berlantis. <laughs> <laughs> the whole writers team. Yeah, but only for the DC. Uh, yeah, the they DC play against the, they play against the supernatural. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Production team, and which is wrapping up. Hey, and th- there was a really nice story in uh, Vancouver about how much that's meant to. Um, uh, you know how they've been here forever right how many oh, seasons God. did they have 17 i think oh, I something. it's insane wild. and i'm right in the middle i'm in like season nine my episode yeah that's like bonanza that's like bonanza level you're right you're right day, you know? I, I hear it's awful now i hear it's really bad i mean i don't know if it was ever really great but i hear right now like even its fans are kind of like all right let's put this thing out of its misery mm, yeah. well the other the other cw show i don't i don't think it's on anymore but my roommate uh jeanette it's, it's this is her guilty soapy pleasure that I think also was on a ridiculous amount of time mm-hmm. and had two spinoffs of the Vampire Diaries. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They really, they really just they've just hit, aiming for that teen demo, right? Oh, and that's that's the dem- that's the CW demo is yep. is the teen demo that the, these shows again like in Legends and Riverdale, right? Is CW well, right? Riverdale? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although. If you were a parent of a teenager, you might not want to let them watch Riverdale unless they're in their later teens because sure. it's it's pretty fucking racy. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's uh-huh. these high school kids be fucking and fucking a lot in Riverdale, man. It's yeah, yeah. But this show, Legends, <laughs> what it's evolved into is even though the ratings aren't great, uh it's more critically acclaimed now and its main fan base as we're entering into season six is much like the hosts of the Bebo's legends podcast. Their core audience is young, uh, late teen, early twenties girls. Cool. They, who, they, who love the show. That's great. It's become now, you know, cool. it's, it's for them. What's the term squee, you know, ah. Yeah. Huh. I'd never heard that as a demographic, but I I know I get it. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So Nate calls Amaya um, an attractive Dr. Doolittle. And I'm like, let's see. Did anyone call her? Uh did someone say that? Because that's what I was calling her after in my head. That's what I wanted to write down. Is like as soon as she starts going to to chill out the the T-Rex at the end, I just start singing it in my head or I said it out loud. If I could walk with the animals, talk with the animals. Well, I was like an attractive Dr. Doolittle because Eddie Murphy, Rex Harrison, and Robert Downey Jr. are the pits, apparently. Yes. <laughs> Each one of them. Hogs. Filthy hogs. That reminds me of one of my favorite bits ever on The Muppet Show was Roger Moore was the guest. And the joke was he didn't want to do a James Bond bit. He wanted to sing uh, Talk to the Animals. And Kermit had planned a giant you know, spy battle. And so right. at the end, it becomes a, a mixture where he's singing "Talk to the Animals" while, while punching ah. and shooting a bunch of puppets. That's fun, and it's very funny. That's hilarious. But then she says, and he says that he she turns right at him, and she says, "Only one animal can catch me off guard." Oh boy, she's 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 just putting it out there. She wants some Steely Dan. Oh. <laughs> 
Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Too bad it's stealing Nate, but I guess it doesn't work. But I get it. What's the name of that actor again? Nick Zano. Yeah, Nick Zano. Nick and Nate. <laughs> it's not far off. That's funny. <laughs> but before before anything can happen, Ray comes back, run! He's a dinosaur chasing him. Like you said, they wait until the end before we see it. And apparently, because Ray, when he was stuck there, stole an egg. Yeah. And then he, they're like, oh, why'd you do that? And he, he says, hey, that made me 70 omelets. And like, uh, Ugh. It's pretty awesome. Okay. Uh, well, really? pretty, makes sense. It okay. makes sense. It's all, it's all uh, the, yeah, I guess, right? <laughs> an I mean, egg that size? I guess you could. Or <laughs> one big omelet. Maybe. Yeah. That's not gonna keep, man. You gotta. Well, how's he saran wrapping? Well, That's a good point too. Yeah, but how does the egg keep to make seventy? How's he, he whisking that thing? How yeah, the yeah. fuck is he whisking that yolk? That yolk's got to be twice the size of him. Well, if he... <laughs> so just getting some tree branches, tying them all together. We didn't see it. It was in the cutscenes on the DVD extras yeah. of Ray's giant um, utensils he made because they they arrive at his hut where he made dolls of the legends because yeah, he was, he was lonely crazy. why is this one extra sexy <laughs> why is it next to the bed weirdo why is it stein <laughs> i was like okay they're doing castaway mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me i got it and he like, surrounded the whole thing with with t-rex piss yeah, male T Rex piss because it'll keep away the, uh, the Gertrude is the name of the dinosaur. Right, and then he goes. He's talking about his world famous iguana soup, and he's gonna go get some iguana for his iguana soup. And this is where I wrote Travis is angry right now because this was just one Ray thing after another that yeah. was making me angry. Yeah, I don't know. Just the idea iguana soup sounds like a euphemism of sorts. <laughs> that's what happens when you eat too many of those eggs yeah, i gotta go yeah. make some iguana soup in the bush or it was or, or what he was trying to create with one of those with the sexy doll i gotta i'm gonna go in the other room i gotta make some iguana soup I iguana <laughs> oh man so nate and Amaya, they're about Gross. to fuck again and Nate and Ray comes back with a yoo-hoo and he's already got a, an iguana on a stick. It took him stick. Yeah. 40 seconds. This guy's a master, literally. Skerblamo. Yeah. <laughs> this place is crawling with iguanas. <laughs> just it's lousy with him, apparently. <clears throat> he probably killed that one before he got rescued and he just knew where yeah. he stored it. It's, it's, right. it's in his wicker fridge next to the giant whisk. In the right, he didn't want to show off too much. So the soup apparently is delicious. And I realized a lot of okay, a lot of Ray Ray being a goofball, like we saw last episode, and a bit here. The reason why they're, why they're writing a lot of this is so he and Nate can have their interactions as a comedy uh, duo. Yeah, because they they relation their relationship over the course of the next few seasons becomes their bros. You know, yeah, just the ultimate bros. You can see it already. Yeah. So. So Amaya goes to get some wood for the fire. And this I liked. Ray went from annoying the shit out of me to I really like the scene with him and Nate because he he sidles up to him. Yeah. And just says, You can't do it, mate, Nate. And Nate just turns and he goes, What? Resist your charms? And his delivery of that made me giggle. Yeah. I was yeah. like, that was very funny. Yeah. And yeah, uh, this is a good scene, the two of them here. Yeah. So he's basically uh He's telling about, talking about dating on the ship, and he uh, says, oh, I dated on the ship. 
that's not what I'm talking about. He gives her the real quick origin of the modern day vixen whose name right. is Mari. And she's a, she's a Maya's granddaughter. She's a superhero in the present. And he knows her and he knows all about the history. And this is when he's, he's letting Nate know that Amaya has to go back to 1942 and there's going to be a tragedy and he can't tell her. And uh, so they go off, they find the gizmo and conveniently it's in the dinosaur's nest. Yeah. Yeah. A little too convenient. A little I mean, too I guess it could, it could have been like they, it found it and brought it there as though Maybe. it believed it. Anyways, but raise it as my own Gertrude yeah. thought. Yeah, like the ugly duckling. <laughs> yep. So, and here we get the very first reference uh, that Nate um, Nate Haywood does drugs, which becomes a thing in this show, because he says, "Unless I'm high, that's in a dinosaur's nest." And right. uh, they it's one of the fun things that they lean into that, like, "Oh, Nate likes to get fucking high," you know, it, a lot of drugs, but it it doesn't get to Cheech and Chong territory, really. No. It's just like, oh yeah, it's like they're fine with it. Cool. Um, and so Ray goes, gets the gizmo, and Gertie attacks. And Amaya just walks up and she channels her dinosaur with her totem and communes with the dinosaur. And I, I don't know, I gotta tell you, when the dinosaur calms down, it's just like and yeah. she's letting her pet her. I don't know, it kind of got to me. Really? <laughs> a little. I don't know why. Oh, that was it was what it was. I thought it was cute. I just yeah. whatever it worked that for me. And, well, she had her she had her F me but dinosaur uh, magic eyes going yes. in this one. So she can turn into extinct animals too. We find <laughs> that out in this episode. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I mean, she a dragon. Sense. Beast Boy turns into dragons. When Beast, Boy, Beast Boy's turned into dragons when he's what insane with rage or some shit yeah. like that. Because I remember there was an issue where he's uh going after Deathstroke after Tara is killed and he's mm -hmm. so enraged he's turning into uh monsters and things that don't exist. Yeah, you know? cool. And uh which is interesting. Cool. That's fascinating. Is yeah, that right, a Wolfram and uh Perez? It's story? right after I think Wolfman was still doing it and Perez just left like issue 50 to me is the culmination of that series. Mm. Cause then I think Perez leaves yeah, and it just sort of goes Peter's on. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It's not what it used to be. Right. Cause issue 50 is wonder girl's wedding. And it's a amazing issue. Mm. There's no adventure. There's no villain tries to crash the wedding. It's just a double sized thing of what happens when the superhero gets married. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it's the wedding and all that shit. And it's great, you know? Yeah. Uh, so with that, we're going to get to the main plot. But before then, I think we should take a little break and we'll be right back. Budgie in the house. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. Yo, yo. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. Celebrate Budgie the Whale's birthday at Carvel the week of April 23rd through the 27th with free ice cream all week, games, prizes, and special offers on Carvel's creamy, fresh-made ice cream treats. Carvel, it's what happy tastes like. All right, we're back, and uh, before we get back to this episode of Legends of Tomorrow, we talk, we're going to talk a little bit about what else we've got going on. Travis, what are we, what are we doing tonight? <laughs> uh, Mystery Titans Theater returns. 
for uh, a look at uh, we got just three random WWWF TV uh, episodes from late 77 and late 78. And I've mixed in, I haven't watched them yet, but I Frankenstein them together on one long thing that we're going to watch. And I've mixed in some ads from the era as well. Some uh, commercials, because that's the year I was born, because this is kind of my birthday weekend. I keep telling my my wife and daughter, we're celebrating my birthday today. She's like, it's not your birthday yet. I'm like, <laughs> we're celebrating today. Uh, but uh, this is the way I'm doing it with uh, you and mm-hmm. uh, our, we got him out of retirement. The, the great, the legendary Kelly T. Nelson. And our and our uh, mutual friend Sean. So we'll have a four man booth. Uh, is that the first time in Mystery Titan Theater that there's the four, been a four, uh, four man? Four, I believe so. I think so. Uh, and it, and it's probably going to happen the week after that as well. But we'll get to we'll cross that bridge when we come to. But I've really been looking forward to this man. Uh, uh, I, I don't watch a lot of seventies wrestling, but if we're going to do it, we should be doing it with with the two of the Titans now, right? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of the Titans, um, uh, one of us is one of us ex Titans. Uh, uh, I told you a little bit about it. Uh, we won't get into it too much though. But uh, mm-hmm. for those of you who don't even know what we're talking about, the uh, Titans of Wrestling was a podcast where I met the young, a young Kelly T. Nelson, new mm-hmm. to the podcast podcast game. Yeah. I've been a grizzled old vet, and he and I were thrown together with uh, Pete, Parv, and. Uh, and James and James left the show and it was left to the four of us. And we had an amazing chemistry right off yeah, the bat. Yeah, which and a great run, a really great run. We had a great run. And um uh, was put out there. Our friend Parv, um he he's a downward spiral. Yeah. <laughs> We've heard because he I think he was attempting to become an internet heel, if you know what I mean, like you know, sure. a slash heel, play a character. And I think he got way too into it it just devolved him personally professionally and uh you know that's a shame i hope maybe he can hopefully 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 he'll 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 get his shit together yeah because he was an important voice of of you for like uh, when i hear that story yeah when i hear that's like like uh, again i just kind of touch base on where he is all i think like it's you know, he's he's the one Titan I've never got to work with. I probably don't know if I ever will get to, well, but I always kind of had we that. We had to fire him, and that's why you're here. You, yeah. Do you understand that's how this works? <laughs> he's, he his he went super. I don't know what do you call a MAGA in in yeah. England, but or yeah, he went super just alt right, right? Crazy alt right nonsense that's cost him his career and his job. And he was a that's respected a teacher. I know he was. I know he was. And so so you know, let him go and hire you from Canada. <laughs> Yeah, stay in the Commonwealth. So. Yeah, got to stay in the Commonwealth. It's, 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 it's in the contract. Like, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, like I mean, uh, like in all seriousness, I hope uh, he gets it again because I, I always loved his analysis and things like that. I did and, too. Uh, and uh, who knows? So, you know, life is full of twists, and, and and you know, we should be pushing the idea of compassion and yeah. all these things, and trying to do what what maybe those wouldn't offer us, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, but, but it's, yeah, it's, mystery Titans. Yeah, mystery Titans theaters tonight. Right? We'll, we'll probably get deeper into this because here's the thing: we call Kelly T. Nelson Uatu, uh, that'd be the the Watcher from Marvel Comics. Yeah, I knew Parv had gone was going down this road a little, but I just stopped following him on social media, so I didn't have to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelly T. Nelson, truly living up to his name, the Watcher, yeah. has been watching, and yeah. he informed me about this the other day, and he told me that it's his almost almost perverse pleasure to just slowly watch this happen. Yeah. 
yeah. and do nothing like, about it. it, it, it sounds just like, like the like, watcher. <laughs> it sounds like yeah. It sounds like I do nothing. He's forbidden. Uh, forbidden sounds, he sounds like a cliche. He sounds like a statistic, man, that we're seeing a lot of. Um, and, you know, I mentioned the media literacy course a while back there. But Parv's a smart guy. I know. That's, I know. What, that's what that's what kind of. This hurts me more than my there's... this hurts me more than my racist relatives. So I just mm, like, yeah, they're 80. Yeah. <laughs> And it's an interesting phenomenon that uh, hopefully we can start to figure out and get into that uh, making things a bit better sooner rather than later. Speaking of making things better sooner rather than later, nice I, uh, my podcast is coming nice. is, is being postponed a week, but it's coming out as soon. As I said, uh, another episode of Yours, Mine, and the Truth. I'm returning with uh, first returning guest uh, in the history of the show, Brad McNeil, an old friend who really had this great idea for what we're calling the hundredth Luft Balloon, where we are combining um, the a look at the soundtracks both both Volume One and Two of the, for the movies Gross Point Blank, Boogie Nights, and The Wedding Singer. All of them put out two soundtracks, two volumes of soundtracks around the same time, like within the same year and a half period, I think. And all of them had 99 Luft Balloons on in the movie. And, that, and none of those two volumes of soundtracks did 99 Luft Balloons show up. So we're going to go through the, these and pick, out our, pick awesome. out our favorites from the, uh, from the soundtracks themselves. I've already put together mine. Uh, Boogie Nights is incredible, man. Like the music in there is like off the charts. Great. But, but I was able to really, like I have some like real deep attachments to some of the songs from that. So I was able to kind of come up with a good top three there. Wedding Singer, it's 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 just full of a bunch of those, you know, the Stone Cold classics that you hear all the time and some that you're sick of. But there's a few surprises. That one I was, still, it was easy. It was easy for me to get the top three. Girls Point Blank, going back to that soundtrack, my goodness, that is the toughest to pick out a top three um it's making me go back to these bands that i wish i had spelled spent more time with like uh uh sushi and the banshees and uh echo and the bunny men these are bands from the 80s that i really are a, a, a big void or i have a gap in my music knowledge from and i'm recognizing like shit like that's the kind of music i really like from that era so um that's the kind of music that every girl that i was interested in and dated liked and i hated yeah <laughs> but uh, that, i highly recommend type I, of girl <laughs> sure like i probably was the same in the in around that era or when i was the age when you were dating those types of girls but uh uh going back to it like ooh, there's a real sophistication that is um uh, different like uh, that doesn't like it still feels 80s but it's but it's uh, something and that and girls point blank is full of that like like two great clash songs i don't know which clash song i'm gonna pick i have to pick one of them uh and a lot of uh scott you know scott is i don't dislike any genres entirely mm -hmm. uh, but there's certain genres that i just can't get with generally speaking and one is ska i never um, understood like it's i'm not a ska guy but if i hear a ska song i'm like oh, okay that's kind yeah, of yeah like the jam but, the special some of the wow. hatred i hear of people who have for ska sometimes is baffling to me like people <laughs> yeah really, i think it's just really it's just like, hate it. I'm like yeah it's okay. Come on, just. i think it's just you just imagine the the the, the bad thing with genres is that it attracts like, different cultures right and for that yeah, you just imagine you just imagine the uh um uh, the chain uh a, a wallet to the to the to yeah. the belts and things like this that are just oh, I knew, just not cool in any I knew, age <laughs> i knew people who 
hated the Grateful Dead. Not be any reason, no reason of the music. Just music, sure, of course. Oh, like yeah. The fans. oh yeah, yeah. Nobody really likes hippies. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> oh yeah, that's. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not. That's not. That's not. I mean, I'm sure you know that, Johnny. By now, it's not nobody. It's not. They're not everybody's favorite. Well, it's not so much a hippie thing; it's a deadhead thing. There's yeah, a but you know, there's, there's, a, there's a, a Venn diagram. There's a there's, and and from from a distance, people aren't going to be able to make to point out those nuances. Well, here's the thing: ones. is if you went to a Grateful Dead show and walked around the parking lot, and you think you're just going to see a bunch of crazy, long haired dreadlocked hippies, that's they were the minority. You know, yeah. there was everyone just kind of looked like regular people who threw on a tie dye. You know, yeah, we, we, we call them the, the Wookies, the Wookies. The Wookiees. That's funny. The tie-dye used to speak volumes to people, though. But it's made a big comeback. Tie-dye, it's back, baby. It's never left this house, baby. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) I've never stopped wearing tie-dye. Anyway, so we are going to record. This is probably a week from uh, today. Uh, Nice. I can't wait. When you first mentioned the the idea for that show, I didn't quite take it in because we were doing this. And I re-listened to to our last show and let you really describe it and i was just thinking god damn that's genius that's a genius idea yeah so that's I all brad man. I, I mean i gotta give brad credit for this he's been kind of nudging me to get back at it for a while because i know he's he and he's great he, he was he did the godzilla episode with me and he's like why did you give uh-huh. me the shitty one <laughs> i remember that was this, <laughs> like all these texts that were that i've been looking back at um so this should be fun all right so before we get back to this episode i am db curious hmm First of all, any dinosaur, any like diehard dinosaur? Fans no, out there no diehard like dinosaur people, <laughs> which is surprising. But first, we'll go with trivia because number one, what people choose to put in as trivia can be questionable. It's like it, it, there's so much. When when Jax mentions that he thought Gideon would be a redhead, that's possibly an allusion to Arthur Darvel's wife in Doctor Who, who was a redhead. And we're like, what? No, come on, <laughs> but. This one, for you, I had to bring this one up. Because I said last week, you said some Star Wars reference, and I said that sounds like something something these people would write. Yep. This one's for you, buddy. All right. The scene where the Wave Riders crash landing in the snowy landscape is almost an exact replica of the scene from Star Wars 7, The Force Awakens. Force Awakens, yeah. When the Millennium Falcon crash lands on Starkiller Base, they hit a few trees, start spinning, and eventually come to a stop on a snowy mountain. So... Was this before Force Awakens, though? Yes. Or around the same time? Yeah. Oh, wait yeah. a minute. This is 2017, so... Probably around the same tell time. Tell me. Yeah. Um, but I, I would, you know, I love Star Wars. I liked that movie just fine. I'd put it to you, Greg. It's an animal reference. Um, the Enterprise did this in Star Trek Generations in, like, oh, yeah. 1996 or something like that. So, you know, it... It... it I guess maybe the Star Wars is more fresh in their minds. Sure. But, uh, and I don't know um, that it's trivia though. Yeah. But, but like, like, yeah, like if he's making a connection, it is fresh in mind. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Because well, it was an insanely popular film. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I think that's like, I mean, there's been other, I'm sure spaceships have shown up in snow in Tell other, in other sci-fi things that don't have the same box office receipt. That's the big. Uh, I think that's why. Wait, are, wait, are, are, are you minds. trying to wave your Star Wars money dick at my Star Trek no, movie? No, I'm just saying that's why it's in people's <laughs> minds, and that's why it might be a little more, you know, influential. 
Well, eight out of are ten considered people as such. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you always throw that in. Who's clicking up? Huh. Huh. All right. Interesting. Click. You've earned my interesting. Or, or who's the my other one? You've earned who's my the other two. Who's the other two? Nah. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. You've wasted my time. Click. Click. <laughs> we got goofs. <laughs> Her side of the bed. Still warm. I remember her towel was still wet after I got the news. Now, so this is gives away the ending, the cliffhanger. But when the astronaut is talking to the NASA doctor, he says he just wants to be on that shuttle. But Apollo 13 only had a command service module and a lunar excursion module, no shuttle. We don't have dinosaur experts, but this and next episode... <laughs> uh... We've got NASA experts because no, oh, I'm sure he doesn't say when when the astronaut's talking to the Reverse Flash. Yeah, it's the NASA doctor. It's like <laughs> that's all he was interested. So there's something about NASA on TV. Let's watch it. Yeah. And here's the thing, though, when he says there's no shuttle, that the next episode, I'm just telling you right now, the IMDb is just full of that hmm. shuttles. There's no shuttle shows. I do find that one sort of, I don't know, I'm going to say egregious, but kind of, I'm like, why would they, who, when they're writing this, why would they even say shuttle? There weren't yeah. space shuttles in 1970 at all. Sure, yeah. I think they're just going with that. Space race, who gives a shit, right? Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. yeah the, well, the kids, if the kids hear shuttle, they'll think it's not about space. Hmm. But and as far as the reviews for this go, there were only four. They were generally okay. One was a little off, but um, just one little thought that iMac 2001 had to say, and he says, or she, uh, I didn't see Rip Gideon coming, but yeah, makes sense. I mean, every ship's captain worth his salt would be in a virtual relationship with his ship. <laughs> what, are you, what are you basing that theory on, pal? What the fuck? <laughs> what the? What? <laughs> it kind of really reached that logic, PDQ. Or BLTQ, as some like to say. <laughs> Jesus. What? <laughs> Worth his salt? <laughs> Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Oh, God, I love it when the, I am. It's like, I'll put stuff to lead into these that that aren't great, knowing that I'm going to get you with one of these. Mm -hmm. two, two weeks in a row, buddy. BLT. And you know, I want to fuck you. Every captain wants to put his dick in his boat. What the fuck? Oh my god. That's like the guy who wrote that is like the equivalent of the Joaquin Phoenix character in her. Just like, well, who wouldn't want a, a real <laughs> chance with a girlfriend? That you wouldn't, you know, you know, have to be a real girl or anything. Weird. All right, so getting back to the show. We got Mick and Sarah and Jax, and uh, they're doing the, this is full on Sorkin walking, talking here, man, just down the ship. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mick wants to know why he can't go to Jurassic Park too. Yeah. And uh, Sarah wants him to threaten Rip, oh, easy money, because they need to find out where, where Commander Steel is. And Mick just says, well, why not get in his head? And he tells him that, he, you know, when he was Kronos, he's seen the Time Masters do this shit where you can go inside of someone's head. Mm -hmm. Stein immediately yells at him. What? You idiot. That's not possible. 
He's like, oh, fuck oh, off, asshole. <laughs> like, you're so unnecessarily. You guys are, this is like a Gilligan's Island situation. You guys are stuck he's gonna, together. He's going to hit him with his hat. Got it. No, but seriously, you should be like, like, really be there for each other. This kind of like, this is a switch for him too in the last, I think they made a conscious decision that, that he needs to be more of a prick to, uh, to Rory here because mm-hmm. he has been. Well, I think a lot, a lot of it is like, okay, they need, we need to get these guys in situations because like we've said, they have more, like we said, they have more chemistry than Jax and Garber do. So we could get them in, get them into a, a relationship. So, so we've really turned it up with, you're a drunken fat idiot, Mr. Rory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> crashing ships don't know your ass from your elbow <laughs> and so he says that what the time masters used to do it to him all the time it was coggy something and try as i might i couldn't come up with anything because <laughs> yeah. because nothing's gonna beat the abortion joke Cogswell, like, cog, cogswell cog <laughs> that's what it was jet the, it was a space the rockets no no cogswell cogs the other one <laughs> I never liked the Jetsons when I was a kid. I got to watch quite a bit of it. I enjoyed it. I did. It was just it was on when I was a kid growing up. You know, you'd think I loved it because I loved all the cartoons. Yeah, but Jetsons didn't do it for you. I I saw Jetsons the movie in the theater. Really? Yeah. You know what it was? I liked the Flintstones. I loved the Flintstones, which is basically sort of the same show ones in the past one. Yeah. I just I thought Fred was more butch. You know, <laughs> that's what did it for you. Yeah, man. Twinkle toes, Flintstone, yeah. bowling with a rock and everything. And he did. And, and fucking George Jetson. He's like, oh, my poor finger, Jane. So, I had to push the button 25 it's a times. Different time. It's a different time, man. Although <laughs> literally a different time. I will. I'm not the hugest family guy fan in the world, but there, every now and then there's something from the early, well, the early episodes the the jetsons joke where, i don't remember what it was where, we know how the end jane stop this crazy thing and, and how each one ends when he's on the the conveyor right. belt yeah and it's that and then it cuts to her like cutting a carrot in the kitchen and he walks in bloodied and bruised he's like jane did you or did you not <laughs> yes, yes. hear me screaming for the last 20 minutes and she goes but george i was i could have been killed jane <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> Pretty good. Oh man, that's like <laughs> that made me laugh so goddamn hard. So Sarah's like, "Hey, can you figure out how to do this?" Oh no, no, Gideon uh, comes up. Yeah, yeah, it's cog- another more gobbledygook. Cognitive intrusion, Whatever. and makes us say, "I told you so, dummy." So they got Rip hooked up. Sarah asked if they could figure out how to do this. Mick says, "Yeah, well, the professor is my assistant, and he's ah, oh, you can't be serious." And uh, I am serious. Get me a beer. Make it a six pack. And this is why I. This is why I fucking shit her. I'm gonna get so fucking wrecked. <laughs> You're gonna love it. And a cake, six pack, and a big cake. Because I'm a fat drunk fuck, right, Professor? Well, this fat drunk <laughs> fuck is gonna save the day. Uh, this and this fat drunk boss, <laughs> fat drunk is your fucking boss. Yeah. So get used to it, four eyes. <laughs> So Sarah and Jack's smacks him in the mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Abusive relationship. (laughs) 
totally codependent. Huh? Yep, yep. <laughs> and so Sarah and Jack's volunteer to go and rips head. Stein's hooking it up. Uh, Mick says, can't tell you what you're going to see because I've seen it done, had it done, never took a trip. So Stein gives them, <laughs> it's the only thing I could write. <laughs> Stein gives them each uh, shockers to wear. <laughs> Two in the pink. Oh, no, I can't do it. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> and, Jesus Christ. And, <laughs> but it's the only thing I can say. It's like watches that'll shock them because they can't be in there more than an hour or they mm-hmm. get trapped. Yeah. And so they go into the brain. They're inside Rip's mind. And the first thing they see is back to season one Rip, Vandal Savage's troops. Yeah. Hey, guys. I really wish we could have, oh, right this way, my 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 henchman. Oh, if they only could have got him just for one little cameo to, oh. to walk through. It looks like I am inside somebody's head. <laughs> it looks like I'm living here rent free. Oh. <laughs> so, I miss him. I miss him. I miss him too. Again, I think. For what it's worth, just this podcast or this podcast has redeemed that actor and Vandal, and Vandal Savage from that first season. He was great. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> so they go to the armory to get guns. They, well, they work in here. So they shoot at one of the Savage's guys. Well, they work. And then Sarah turns around to face herself. Yeah. The White Canary. They really overdid it here with like, look how we can make them do a 360 around each That's other. That's what I was going to say when I said there's some showing off. Yeah, this was the but show that, but that wasn't like that's just like this is that's basic. <laughs> like everyone has seen that by now. They didn't need to do it. I loved it. I really? Loved it. I loved it because it was like a dance and. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was fine. I mean, the fight scene itself, but but just like that, like uh, yeah. oh, when they do the the, the, the we're going to show the camera cir- them circle yeah, each other yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. still liked it, but I really liked was when they're fighting because they're fighting like inside a, a hexagon, and at one point they knock each other out, and so evil white canaries in all white, Sarah's in all black, they fall down in the into like the yin yang position hmm. briefly of the shot. And I was like, oh. I like that. That's fucking comic booky as fuck. Mm-hmm. Sure. But this is what I was like. I'm like, yeah, they're doing the because I thought they were also maybe kind of showing off a little because this was a lot of acting with yourself. And later on when she fights herself, there's a lot of, oh, there's the stunt person. But mm-hmm. I thought they're, they're kind of weaving their dick a little, a little right. bit here because it was like, oh, they, they they choreographed this like a dance. Yeah, but but that's like waving your dick 20 years ago, honestly. Yeah. Well, but on these shows, that's... <laughs> I don't. I don't think it means anything anymore. Like I just, I just like, thought it, it looked it felt, cool myself. It looked fine when it was just the two of them. Mm. It felt to me. It felt so much like and action, and cut, and then they just put it in there. You know what I mean? They did that mm-hmm. twice. It just felt so uh, show offy, but in a way that like who the fuck cares, man? <laughs> it's like, look, I I I use the potty. You're in your twenties. You know what I mean? That's it. That was the effect. I don't know. I, a lot of these shows, like all these shows now, are doing the fight in the hallway bit. You know, a guy or a gal fighting their way, you know, trying to make it look like one take, fighting through a hallway. Sure. And now everybody's yeah. doing it. You know. Yeah. And, oh man, the True Detective season one, like that. Oh, God, that was crazy. That the one I'm crazy. thinking of is, is Daredevil. The one they yeah. did in Daredevil. Yeah. Which I never really watched crazy. it, but like, uh, did you watch season one of True, De- True Detective? I did not. I never got around oh, to man. it, and I didn't watch any of season two. And it sounds like I'm better for it. But that season one was, oh my God, man, that was, that was, 
uh, you keep talking about like certain shows bring TV to like this new level, getting it closer to film. And that was definitely uh, in a way that's different from some of those other uh, like your Game of Thrones or Sopranos. That was something different. It was, it was really, really good, man. And it includes one intense, intense, long uh, uh, fight, like not really a fight scene, but just like a break into a, a home kind of thing, get away from the cop scene. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. I can't recommend season one enough. It's, both, it's crazy. Both I, actors, both actors, Woody well, Harrelson it. and uh, McConaughey. It's crazy so. that I haven't checked it out yet because I love everyone who's in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a big Woody Harrelson fan. Yeah, always yeah, have too. been. And and I like McConaughey too. You know, like yeah. I, I like McConaughey since I saw Dazed and Confused. I was okay. like, all right, Who has all right, all right, all right. Well, well apparently like, he's name? a big. Uh, apparently Damon. he's a big old. Uh, did you hear the thing about McConaughey? He was what's on that? some. He was on some talk show in England with Cena, John Cena, and yeah. he was talking about how he used to go down to the Sportatorium or somewhere. Awesome. And and he got thrown out because he was throwing tomatoes at Skandor Akbar. Ah, holy shit! Crazy. That's amazing. You guys should have had him on your show. Should have been on Worldcast. Oh, you know, hey guys, I'm a huge late. fan. Let's get to it. <laughs> well, you know, all right, all right, all right, all right. Like when uh, Matt Damon. Um, I remember it was at some interview. I was on the set of like one of the Ocean's movies, and he would every day Soderberg. Like he'd go to Soderberg's. Uh, trailer acting as though he was uh matthew mcconaughey and had a scene to shoot that day and he'd be like you know steven i know it's not really in the script but i was thinking maybe i could maybe take my shirt off in this thing (laughs) every day that's pretty awesome i do a pretty good mcconaughey that's pretty good, brother. I was going to say we could we could do we could do, we could do a special world cast with McConaughey if you get catch my fucking. <laughs> That's joke. right. That's right. Yeah, it was crazy, man. Well, y'all y'all know Al McGrill. Oh hey, yeah, Al's the best. Me and Al, me and Al, we still talk, man. He's a big Elvis guy. Me and him, yeah, we're, we big, we're big Elvis guys. Me and Al. Oh, that's also you guys like hang out. Uh, so, did he ever take you back to his apartment when you were a youngster throwing tomatoes? Yeah. Yeah, this guy's got memorabilia, brother. Let me tell you what. <laughs> I can tell totally, an easy hour and a half. Easy we hour have, and a half. We have got, okay, I know that, enough about you guys at that's world a taste. class. That's a taste of something that's going to happen. I guarantee goddamn it. Even if even if Pete has given up the podcast yeah. game, this that's is happening. All right. Oh, all God right, all right, all right. Is that what they call what, a backdoor pilot? That's right, maybe. <laughs> so Sarah's like, oh my God, I'm a bitch in Rip's mind. And they figure out there's evil versions of everyone in here. And I just I was gonna say, is that the first time we've heard the the B word on DC's Legends of Tomorrow? I think on this show, yes. Yeah, yeah. On this show, yes. Yeah. So, see <laughs> testicles walked so bitch can run <laughs> on this show yeah they call this progress so but she did say there's an evil stein there's an evil ray and she's like an evil mick or i guess just mick but you know you know what i mean yeah and they run into evil mick and ray and sarah says fine rip jackson she starts fighting them but it's too much rip breaks the shocking device i mean ray does and Mm -hmm. uh he headbutts sarah and she's like, it's not real. I'm like, does this feel real, real, real? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and she wakes up in the cell in the break with Rip. And he's scared of her because he doesn't know what's real and what isn't. And this is Rip's real persona. <clears throat> so all of a sudden, Jax, 
he's hearing an SOS. And he runs, he thinks it's Sarah. And he's like, I didn't know you knew SOS, but no, it's Gideon. And she mm-hmm. explains to, to him what Thawne did to Rip's brain. Again, I think she's stunning. And, uh, and Thawne... <laughs> kind of a Jane Seymour type thing. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, Jane yeah. Seymour is right up my alley, brother. Sure, sure. I mean, I get it. I love old British ladies. Uh, Helen Mirren. Mm. Um, but I also love... Dude, oh, I would there, be there's some Canadian... Right now. There's some Canadian... Um, uh, like older, like uh, broadcasters, like uh, news anchors on on CTV lately that I've mm-hmm. been telling my wife about. Like, oh my god, they have a type. They are silver foxes. Lisa Laflemme, look her up. Look her up. <laughs> That's the most I Canadian think, oh, broadcast I know, right? name I've ever Lisa heard. Lisa Laflemme, news at eleven. Because <laughs> that name would not fly in the states, buddy. They'd huh. be changing that name. Huh. That's funny. Holy shit! So. She tells Maybe. him that Thawne didn't think to uh, to corrupt the AI. That's why she can exist there. And so Stein and Mick have their scene where Stein's fine. I mean, Mick's finally like, sit down, shut up. He's panicking about Jackson. He's giving him a lecture. He's like, oh, just want you inform me with your intellectual superiority, Mr. Rory. And he's just like, look, I know you care about the kid and that's all right, but you're going to have to, you know, you're not going to be around forever. He's got to grow up. You know, it's so as Mick is calm while he's yelling. Mick's not yelling here. And, but he gets to the point and he's like, you know, you got to treat him like a partner. And then he says partner and gives him a beer and walks away. And I liked their scene because I mm-hmm. just, I liked their chemistry together. Mm-hmm. And I like seeing Rory not always be an idiot. Yeah. So yep. that was kind of nice. And he got one up on this asshole. He's been acting like an asshole for three sure. episodes. Yeah, so no from a viewing perspective, I'm like, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> so Sarah tells Rip about the JSA and the spear. He starts having flashes of memory. I love the way they're tying all of that in I from did early too. on in the season. I did. Too. I love, and I, I don't know why we had missed, or like it came up in the previously on whatever, where it, they're tying it to that the last piece is his grandfather. That's huge, man. That's so great. I can tell it's going to be great um, because of how they've built up everything here. That This is a really, you know, every season is meant to be a fully well thought out arc but to to really just kind of have those jsa guys at the very beginning and how we're seeing them sporadically show up as we move along through here mm-hmm. is, is is so that's great man that's cool yeah because i remember you had asked uh, after the justice society episode you said are we gonna see these guys again and i was vague about it because i yeah. wanted to let you see how they did it i was like fuck you man come on tell me <laughs> You piece of shit. You literally and now, and now, now's my, now I want to say, I'm sorry, Johnny. Well, you, were, you, know, you were right to be vague. You know I over, I, and that's why I acted. I let it roll off my back, like water off a duck's <laughs> ass, buddy. You know, I knew, I knew that the payoff would be. Speaking of abusive relationship. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I made you watch season one of this show. That's yeah, pretty yeah, much. You're right. You're right. I'm, I'm, this is called payback, bitch. I'm cashing receipts. <laughs> So Sarah gives Rip this great rousing pep talk to get him up and because he's Captain Rip Hunter because, oh, yeah, he tossed her. He like force tossed her because he can right, right. control his yeah. own mind. And he's like, I've never done that before. And she's like, you're Captain Rip Hunter. And they even have the, the legends theme swelling behind bit. her. Interesting. But, the, but the, the fun of it was it doesn't really take. He gets up. He's like, right. Um, 
Mm -hmm. You can tell it down. It didn't fucking take it. She's like, come on, you got it. You know, like, like, you can do it. You know, I I just need a browsing. And he tries to open the door and it doesn't work. Yeah. Can't do it while you're watching. Um, (laughs) It reminds me a bit of, there was a really great, great, uh, just quick tweet from P Diddy this week Mm. where he's like putting on uh, goggles or like swimming goggles outside of his pool. And he's like showing like, just like stretching. And it's like, he takes a big deep breath and then tries to do about to do a dive into a pool. And it's the worst dive you've ever seen. It's, and it cuts immediately after that like it spent so much time on the build-up and then it's the worst dive you've ever seen it's so out of character from him that's what makes it so funny this guy who like you consider usually taking himself a little more seriously right so that's kind of similar to uh, what we saw there so because right then when it happens and he fails jackson gideon show up and sarah ding immediately is like hey you know that guy who wrote that review was right a good captain does want to fuck his ship because she's like gideon you're hot yeah uh so they need him to remember where steel is but he can't because he's not fully back yet he needs to be convinced that he's rip hunter and they finally reveal there's been a few times we're trying to what rip study is called we've called it numerous things Mm -hmm. they name it here it's the parlor we're gonna go to the parlor. They mentioned it a few times. It sounds like it, it sounds seedy. Well, you know, come Stop on, by the is. parlor. I'll see you later tonight in my parlor. <laughs> when you when you say it as riff, it is creepy. Yes, <laughs> yeah, especially you just imagine an ascot and uh, and a robe and nothing else. <laughs> oh, and his coat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's doing the Costanza in his coat, like on the bed. <laughs> Uh, so evil coat fire. too big too big coat too big i'm sorry <laughs> speaking of costanza coats that was on so, recently oh <laughs> i love that one that's the me too, me too. the cookie the, the yeah yeah ebony and ivory aren't getting along and so yes, yeah it's, it's like david duke and farrakhan down there <laughs> we love that episode nar's way into seinfeld now too she drove the drove drew the the whole uh cast the other day i should show oh, really? a picture yeah yeah oh that's awesome yeah. oh i meant to ask you this and i'll ask you know I'll, I'll say it now because i'll forget again because i recommended you guys watch kipo yes yeah yeah yeah. we've seen a couple we've seen a and, couple uh, yeah it's, it's really good. good have you seen hilda no yeah yeah we did see that as well yeah 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 we've seen both of those oh, but okay. she just discovered and we've just like we watched like four or five like binged shira the new shira i heard it was so i heard it was good man i mean it's probably not up my alley but from what i've heard about it i'm like yeah they're doing it it's right. super uh, it's queer positive hey like big time like all the oh, i didn't know that i just everything oh, i had no idea about that That's um great. like that was I, I was really surprised about just how much of that it is kipo is too kipo is yeah. very queer positive as well cool yeah um yeah well there you go so we can recommend a couple uh animated but i uh, also recommend shows. hilda hilda is yeah yeah we've on... we've watched it a couple as well that's where she's like really little right she's little and it's a it lives in a world where it's people and magic co coexist it's based yep. on a series of graphic novels from sweden mm-hmm. i believe that when we discovered it and watched it, my nephew adored it. We all adored it. It's yeah, the art is great. Fantastic. That I went and like two Christmases ago, I got him all of the graphic novels cool. that I could get, except for the ones that you can't get in America yet. Hmm. And they're amazing. So uh, hopefully they'll get to work on making more of those because they've got more material uh, to work with. But it, 
just in total aside, if you haven't seen any of these shows, because I've heard good things about She-Ra, I didn't know about the queer positive thing, which makes it even better. Mm -hmm. Kevin Smith is working on the new Masters of the Universe. Oh, yeah. I wonder how, like in watching this, because they mentioned Grayskull and it all takes place in the same universe. I it's, wonder how... Not going to, they're not going to coexist. That's too bad. That clear. It would be cool if it was uh, as progressive, especially with a name like He-Man. <laughs> or Fisto, you know? Yeah. Shit, did not see that coming, pal. <laughs> so, so evil Firestorm and Sarah show up, and Sarah gets to say, "Guess we're gonna have to kick our own asses." And Dark Firestorm, the CGI on Dark Firestorm is a little rough, especially when he's chasing himself. Yeah, and they really like, had to use a lot of the dark, like try to hide it in like <laughs> dark lighting and stuff. Too. Yeah. Well, yeah, because apparently the inside of Rip's mind is they just they go, we need the lighting from Arrow. Someone get the lighting from Arrow over here. Mm, that's <laughs> what it looks like. Well, a lot of green. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Arrow cave and shit. So, yeah, I didn't like the look of, of, of uh, and a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff in Rip's mind just looked a little too. It's a wave rider, but it's the lighting's a little dimmed. It's, it's <laughs> you know green. I mean? It's green, dim and there's smoke. Yeah. Uh, and. and they said that like the dark firestorm didn't look bad in the close-ups but the shots where he had to be chasing himself it was it really stuck out mm -hmm. as well that's the real guy and that is clearly a cartoon and but so jacks has the dark firestorm he tricks him uh, into the cargo bay and he depressurizes it and sucks him into you know anti-space wherever the fuck it is and Sarah has another fight with herself, which I like this one too, because it ends with she catches her own fist and then breaks her own fucking neck like it's no goddamn thing. Yeah. And then this is a pithy one liner. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was pretty cool. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, though, this is, you know, they're all illusions. Dark Firestorm, Mick, Ray show up. Rip has to remember Gideon helps him out, and his last flash of memory is being with the legends, and they're real. And he says, so Rip Hunter's back and he says, get off my ship. And he starts using his his force powers to throw the, the evil versions yeah. off. And it yeah. looked like every time he's like, hi y'all. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And they were like shooting it from different angles too, just like different. Like I'm trying to think of who it reminded me of. But it was just, it was weird. It was just like, I'm like, okay, let's try that again. This one, a little more flair. Remember, the old Rip is back. Like he's directing himself here almost. Let's try that one again. I take my shirt off this time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Stephen, I was wondering. <laughs> Hilarious. And a boy, oh, nice little callback. <laughs> Thank you. So, so he's back. Uh, uh, Jax has to get out. He gets out um, and gives the paddles to Sarah to wake her up. And so Rip and Gideon are inside his, the mind as this whole illusion is crumbling. And he's like, oh, you've always been with me, Gideon. And mm -hmm. they kiss. Mm -hmm. And Rip and Gideon have a, have a romantic kiss as yeah. he Bizarre. comes back like, to life. Know. Like this whole thing is just all kind of, what? Whatever. Okay, fine. <laughs> it's so weird. The whole thing, it's inside his head. And that's, that's why these guys are even worse. I'm like, shh. Yes, sure. It's weird. It is. It's all weird. 
just a way that like, okay, you're, you're getting them back. This is how you had to get them back. And this is, they, they, they had to go into his brain and find the real yeah. rip and yeah. convince him that it he just wants so to happens. Fuck the ship that is, uh, ship. Yeah. <laughs> fuck that ship. It's like the end of extreme home makeover. <laughs> it's the really extreme makeover. Yes. <laughs> it's with an X, just an X, no E. <laughs> it's on the Playboy channel. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're doing the wrap up. Ray's fixing the ship. Nate and Amaya hanging out. She is now totally giving him the fuck you eyes because she just says, mm-hmm. "My quarters tonight. I'll give you something to think about." Mm-hmm. I wonder. <laughs> and he's like thinking. You tell what he's thinking here. He's like, uh-huh. if he was German, if he spoke German, he'd be saying a Sprechen <laughs> but but or like in in the states, we'd probably say something more along the lines like Brecken G Meyer. God damn, I was taking a drink during that one because I saw it coming, but I was taking a drink and you still got me. Yeah, sweet. See, so you know, because tell you what, later on, the rest of the fucking ship is trying to sleep and they're gonna be hearing R R R coming from the fucking her quarters. Oh man. Oh, imagine the weird possibilities there, mm-hmm. dude. That was, you're gonna have to get into it. That's gonna that's gonna scratch some itches that you didn't even think you had. Oh, animal impressions. Yes. <laughs> so Ray comes. Yeah, along. that was sweet though. But the like the way that they like in the way he's kind of got his hands in his back pockets and she's mm-hmm. got her hands behind her back. Like this is real. Like it, it feels, feels like they're. Doesn't it feel real? It feels real. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Um, just because he's the fucking shit, man. He's awesome. He really I'm is. I'm a big. Uh, Nate fan, Nate and Katie Lott. So I want to see what happens with these guys. Yeah, so in, in this scene too, because Ray comes in to apologize to Nate, said, "Hey, you know what? You're grown ups. You, you can keep it casual." I mean, he looks at Ray and he's saying, ah, I, "I can't, I can't keep it casual, man." And it feels so real. And yeah. He's like, no, no, shit, it's too late. And he's like, "Oh yeah. man, sorry, buddy. Yeah, you're gonna." Yeah, I guess you're gonna have to break it off. Yeah, and the way he explains it, like when she was face to face with that fucking dinosaur, and that that makes that yeah. that whole scene feel much more worthwhile than it wasn't just the one time. Okay, this is all we 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 can do. Twenty six seconds exactly of dinosaur effects. Yeah. <laughs> so where are we gonna use it? And they used it, and even if it's used for that for those purposes, mm-hmm. then then you've used those twenty six seconds wisely. And I like that. That's his thing. Where he's like, because they've already had sex. This yeah. thing is like, dude, I just watched her do the most badass thing I've ever seen. I'm in mm-hmm. love. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I like that. That's a little touch, but that's it's there on purpose. Yeah. And I like that messaging. Me too, buddy. And so, but then he says, ah, fuck it, I'll start tomorrow because he's going to get from. <laughs> and <laughs> speaking of that, I'm rereading them the uh, biography of Bob Hope. That I bought yeah, a few years interesting, ago. Interesting, uh, interesting segue. Well, no, because he—that was his. He did like, hey, hey, you know, honey. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I see. I see. I'll talk to you about it another time, but and, there's some interesting stories. Apparently, at one, uh, Bob Hope was throwing a fucking orgy in his hotel room at the time. He he was taking a, um, he wasn't involved, and in he was just watching, eating a giant bowl of Rocky Road ice cream, <laughs> <laughs> and on the phone with one of his writers to complain about, you know, he needs to fix a joke hilarious i gotta tell you the golden uh, era <laughs> it's a it's an amazing book actually it's totally fair and balanced i can imagine it, it's because his career was when you really look at his career it's ridiculous he had success in everything he did he was like the most known entertainer of the 
most of the 20th century. So for, for, for both good and bad. So as we wrap this up, Gideon tells Rip, we're ready to time jump, mm-hmm. Captain. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, Sarah. Oh, wait, I had to get right. back to this. I'm sorry. Sarah, Stein and Jax have their scene. I'm proud of you, kid. And Sarah walks in and Rip's putting his jacket back on. She says, hey, it still fits. And he says, I'm sure you can relate to this. Well, it's hard to put on weight when you're a film student. Uh, yeah, that was a great line. That's real, man. That is theater student. Yeah, uh, the losers' lunch, call it. You take home, uh, take home like four packs of Ritz crackers, and hopefully you've got some cheese whiz in the fridge. <laughs> and he remembers everything that happened, and he feels terrible. And Sarah's like, "Hey, it wasn't you." And Gideon says, "We're ready to time jump, Captain." And they both say, thank you, Gideon, at the same time. Because, uh-oh, who's the captain now going to be? Mm-hmm. And uh, Rip tells Gideon that he's sorry for everything he put her through. And she said, forcing me to uh, sabotage the ship or the kiss. Which I'm like, wait a minute. Put you through. Oh, his breath was horrible. To me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, heard, I heard Clark Gable had bad breath, but boy. Pickled oof. herring, pretty much. <laughs> I love it. It's a, it's a guilty. It's a, it's a guilty pleasure. I do love my pickles herring. It's in my rider. I like to keep it in my parlor. I have a whole <laughs> I have a whole pickled herring section of my parlor. The pickled herring parlor. <laughs> there were the fucking fucking reeks in here, man. No wonder we don't come by your parlor so often. Jesus, man. The <laughs> lid on that. <laughs> Just try heaving. Let's move to the other room. So, all right. She says, uh, as for the kiss, uh, Captain, I rather enjoyed it. And he leans up against the ship. I can see why that guy wrote that. I am because he leans up the yeah. ship. He goes, as did I, Gideon. Yeah. Who's as like, did I. So which exhaust port should I diddle? Like so bizarre. So many to choose from. So bizarre. <laughs> so weird. Like, I don't know, what are we supposed to think about that? No, it's nice. No, it is natural. Like that guy says that. See, that's a total CW plant. Like, like no, we well, you know, okay. The early test demos are pretty weirded out by this guy wanting a physical relationship with a with a with a spaceship. <laughs> like, what? No, this is standard. Like, no, it's not. It's not a standard thing at all. Well, you just give us some time. Give me an IMDb account and a few. Get, get me on a few message boards. We'll make it. I will make it legal. So Rip does this slow-mo walk back onto the bridge that one guy hated. Really? Uh, yeah, he was like, oh. he was like, he was like, no, thank you, or some shit like that. And I was like, that was kind of nice. <clears throat> I think and, it was it was nice when he was going through uh, person to person. Yes, than that up part. to a yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, it's cool because Stein immediately calls him Captain and then oh, Mr. Hunter, you know, showing that he's a misogynist too. Finally, right. the male. Of the, and Ray's like, you know, you almost ruined Star Wars. Yeah. And uh, Jax is like, he's just like, oh, the ship looks in tip top condition, Mr. Jackson. He's like, oh, yeah, it's holding together. And Mick says, oh, I liked you better when you were killing people. And I was like, I agree because I villainous rip was fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and he goes up to Maya, uh, Miss Jaiway, the JSA spoke highly of you. And I thought she should say, yes, you disembowelled Dr. Midnight. Go fuck yourself. Like, I, she's like, remember, they speak high of that. you. 
remember it happened a week ago he was mm -hmm. my friend and comrade so uh, fuck you um and nate's just like hey nice to meet you <laughs> they just basically like eh, nice to meet you she's like okay okay go ahead no no just so sarah says where's bro. the final piece they cut to nasa 1970 it's apollo 13 it's the doctor's office and the, the astronaut says, well, I'm going to things. I'm over the moon. See what I did there, Doc? And they turn to Thawne. It's Thawne. He's like, oh, very clever. Um, yeah. He says, I just want to be on that shuttle. And yeah, we'll see about that. And dun, dun, dun. So now yeah, you've got yeah, a kind of a hint as to what's going on with the last piece of the spear and where uh, cool. where Commander Steel is. Got to go to the moon? We go on the moon? We go on the moon, buddy. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, and that's exciting. I'm excited for next week's episode because of that, but also because we are going to have our first guest. Yes. Gideon, guys. Something I've been uh, wanting to do for so long. Yeah. And boy, this is perfect. Please. Yeah. Friend of mine, really a dear friend of mine, a, a actor, um, Adam Pateman, who done an episode of the aforementioned yours, mine and the truth, but he appears in this episode, oh. this upcoming episode of, uh, of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. So uh, we'll have some kind of on the set uh, stories among awesome. other things. Um, and uh, yeah, so it should be great. Uh, and also, yeah, now this is still a role, man. Um, and we have what, four episodes left? Four episodes left to the so season. I officially, like I'm okay with saying that, like uh, I'm, I, unless it tanks, that that they've got this has turned into a pretty good show this is yeah. a six this is easy you, you can expect a solid six or six and a half every week at least mm -hmm. at the very least which is kind of what we got this week um and it's not more a lot less of like the kind of dipping into the the dud territory i like i'd be surprised if we get a dud again it's still got those warts that that oh, we yeah. talk about um including some of the like like give me a break kind of stuff that i mentioned earlier today but but this feels like uh yeah feels like a lot of people having a good time and feeling a lot of confidence about uh what kind of show they are and what kind of actors they should be and what kind of production the whole team should be putting together well you know what i can't put it any better because i'm happy you said you said that because i feel that um it's like leading up to the crossover doing what they had to do some were stinkers some were just set up some were this and then sent after the crossover they were able to just barrel down and let's get to right the right uh, i guess yeah show. you are right yeah and uh, so once again i hope all of you were entertained this was so much fun travis once mm -hmm. again thank you i'll be talking to you in just a couple of hours yeah, uh, for mystery titans theater everyone needs to tune in on youtube for that when we get them posted once again is pro wrestling but you don't have to like pro wrestling to like this it's nope. fucking funny as hell and uh follow us uh, once again on guys gideon on twitter thank you for listening wherever you're listening spread the word tell your friends and we will talk to you next time see you later everybody